0: I'm going to share with them what God has done for me. I once was lost, but I can tell you now I'm found. I used to be all chained up in sin, but the Lord Jesus snapped those chains and set me free, and He can do the same thing for you.
1: Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. Author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today, so stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God.
0: Be careful what bridges you burn, for you never know when you may need to cross them again. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series I'm calling The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. You know, I love the Bible for many reasons, one of them being it tells the hard, cold truth about the characters in it. Today, we're going to learn about a man named Jephthah, who just happened to be the son of a prostitute. Because of his seedy background, the people in his community one day gave him the boot and told him to find another town to live in. But the day came when the very people who kicked him out needed him to fight on their behalf, because you see, Jephthah just happened to be a really good warrior. Well, I don't want to give away too much. Let's dive into the message and see why I've included Jephthah as one of the unsung heroes of the Bible. You've likely never heard a message about Jephthah probably for sure, not like what I'm going to be sharing with you today. He is yet another unsung hero, somebody that uh, we don't know a whole lot about. And he's kind of tucked away in the shadows of Old Testament history. But this man has an incredible testimony. And just for the record, you should know that he's also in the New Testament mentioned once. And we find him in Faith's Hall of Fame. Hebrews chapter 11, where the Holy Ghost led the writer of Hebrews to name names of people who had walked in faith, done exploits for God in the Old Testament. Hebrews 11 is called the faith chapter because it majors on faith. And by trusting God and obeying Him, the people named in it did great exploits for the Lord and moved mountains. Well, as a matter of fact, let me just read it to you. Verses 32 to 34, Hebrews 11 says, What more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, not Obama, (laughs) Samson, Jephthah. There he is right there in between Samson. And look who comes after him, David and Samuel and the prophets, So the Holy Spirit put this man's name in between some great notables in the Old Testament. And then he tells us the Holy Spirit does what they did. He says they conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, that had to be Daniel, quenched the power of fire, that had to be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the burning fiery oven. They escaped the edge of the sword from weakness they were made strong and they became mighty in war and they put foreign armies to flight. What a list of accomplishments. What an amazing statement. These men and women who operated in the power of faith in God. There is no greater power than faith in God. Our God is a prayer-answering God. He's a mountain-moving God. So there you have it. Jeff made it into the Faith Hall of Fame chapter. So let's look at what the Holy Spirit intended for us to get out of his life. Now, the background of his story begins in Judges 10. And Judges is not a real upbeat book because in Judges, it's just a record of the continual chronic backslidings of God's people they would backslide. they go into idolatry. The Lord would let them get oppressed by a foreign army. They would repent. God would send a deliverer. they get delivered. When the deliverer died, they would backslide again. So it was backsliding, suffer, repent, deliverance, backslide, suffer, repent, deliverance, on and on, all the way through the book of Judges. It's a grim book. But we find now in Judges 10, it begins to tell us the background of Jephthah. Israel had sinned against God again, and as punishment, God had allowed them to come under the oppression of the Ammonites. The Midianites attacked them in Judges, the Ammonites, it was always some ites of one kind or another. And their suffering brought them to their senses, just like the prodigal son who got in that pig pen in the far country. And woke up one day and it says he came to his senses and said, what am I doing? This isn't worth it. My father's house was better than this. And he repented. God has his own pig pens today. And he has his whale's bellies. And if you backslide away from him, he has a way of weaving you into a corner and allowing just enough pressure to come on you where you realize, hey, this isn't worth it. My father's house was better than this. And so that's what Israel did. And it says that the Israelites pleaded with the Lord. And I get a kick out of this. This is, I think, God's sense of humor, the way they prayed. You might recognize this. It says, they said to God, we have sinned. Punish us as you see fit, only not today. (laughs) Punish us as you see fit, but rescue us today. Well, that would have to be a real quick punishment because they want to be punished and rescued in the same day. Then the Israelites put aside their foreign gods, and they served the Lord, and he was grieved by their misery. He felt their pain. And I want to tell you today, the Lord is grieved at your pain, grieved at your suffering. if you're suffering, the Lord knows all about it. He's not off flinging other stars into space or only focusing on a few select saints. God feels your suffering today. He was grieved by their misery. And following their prayer, the children of Israel made a vow. You've got to be careful what you vow, because God will come collecting. They made a vow to the Lord. It says in verse 18, the leaders of Gilead said to each other, whoever attacks the Ammonites first will become ruler over all the people of Gilead in their desperation. They vowed that whoever would lead them to victory... They would make him head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. That would be their king. Whoever led them in victory would become their king. The Israelites needed a leader to help them defeat the Ammonites, but they had no candidate for the job. Now here's the irony of this. The candidate they needed was right under their nose. For the Bible says that Jephthah became a great warrior. But as we read at the beginning, he was not even considered for the job because of his background. They discriminated against him for something he had no control over. His mother had been a prostitute. This wasn't his fault. He had nothing to do with that. He didn't have a thing to do with how he came into the world. None of us do. Yet nevertheless, he was held in contempt for how he was conceived, and he was cast out by his stepmother and half-brothers. And it was cruel. Let me read again what they said to him. They chased Jephthah off the land. That means they physically intimidated and pushed him out. They chased him. This was a strong rejection. They said, you're not going to get any of our father's inheritance because you're the son of a prostitute. Wow, that stings. That hurts. And I'm so glad that God tells us the truth about the heroes that are in the pages of Scripture, because we need to see that here's a man who as a child experienced incredible pain and rejection. Rather than embracing him like his family should have, I mean, it wasn't his fault. They should have said, hey, you're one of us. You're our half-brother. We love you. We receive you. Let's live life together. But they didn't do that. They didn't do that at all. Hey, here comes the son of a hooker. Can you hear him? I know kids, kids can be cruel. The jokes about his mother had to have abounded. We know about your mother, we know how you got here. You're the son of a hooker, the son of a prostitute. Your mother was a prostitute, a woman of the street and therefore you're no good. You're the son of a bad seed, born under a bad sign. He was viewed and judged through the lens of his father's immorality. He was the byproduct of sin, the offspring of his dad's mistake, the son of a mistake. Here comes the son of a mistake. That stings, that hurts. Day after day, he had to endure the sting of mockery, the judgmental glance that always came his way when he entered a room. The muffled, snickering, people making jokes behind his back, looking his way. We all know the feeling happens a lot to a lot of people all the time. You make a mistake, you do something wrong, then you're the brunt of people's jokes and you know they're talking about you. You can feel it emanating from them and it stings. And so here, once again, we have in the Bible a future champion, a future hero— who was faced with a decision, and, and here's why he matters. He's faced with a decision that every one of us have been faced with and will be faced with in life because life is not fair, not all the time. It is not always fair. There are times that somebody's gonna do you wrong, do you dirty, you're gonna get the bad end of a deal, you're gonna be treated unfairly. I love this statement, life's not fair, but God is good. And you got to remember that second part, when life is not fair. And so he was faced with a decision. Here was the decision. How am I going to respond in my heart? How am I going to respond to these negatives, to these demeaning circumstances, to what is being said about me, the way I'm being viewed, the way I'm being judged? How am I as a person going to respond to this? How am I going to let this affect me? Well, I know people. And I know what he could have done. He could have become very bitter. And he would have been sort of justified in doing so. He could have let these things create within him the character of a criminal. It happens all the time. Here's what some criminals say You say that I'm a bad person, then I'll go ahead and be a bad person. If I'm so bad, I might as well be bad. You're a child, somebody says something about you. You're a bad seed. You're, you're, you're kind of dumb. You're kind of stupid. You don't have much potential. I think you're going to end up going wrong. And you say to yourself, well, if somebody said that about me, I might as well go wrong. I might as well let them define me. I might as well accept that self-fulfilling prophecy. People do it all the time. He could have lashed out at the world in anger. He could have had a chip on his shoulder the size of a two-by-four. And we could have kind of understood that. He could have, as I've seen so many people do, he could have squandered his life away in a bottle Or some other self-destructive kind of behavior. People do it all the time. Blamed it all on his painful past. He could have picked up that bottle with one hand and the violin with the other and made his own country song. Nobody knows the way my mama kicked me in the street, the way my brothers rejected me. And he could have lived life blaming his habits on the way he was treated. People do it all the time why are you living this way? Well, and they'll immediately rehearse to you what happened to them in their past and blame their past on their present. And that's what they do. But what I like about Jephthah, he did not do this. Jephthah didn't do it. Instead, he pulled himself up by his bootstraps, brushed away the cobwebs of painful memories. And here's what I like about him. Jephthah decided to become a mighty warrior. Now catch this, this reject, this young man who was called the son of a prostitute and kicked out from his home and rejected and slandered and defamed, he made a decision that doesn't make sense. Instead of going bad, Instead of wallowing in it, he decided that he would become a mighty warrior. I can't tell you how that encourages me because here's what it teaches me Jephthah decided that he did not have to become a victim, the victim of negative circumstances. And neither do you. Do you know that God never created one of us to become a victim? You're not a victim. And I wish that I could tell our country that is now wallowing in and drowning in a culture of victimhood everybody's offended about something. Have you noticed that in the news? Everybody's playing a violin. Everybody's enraged about how they've been treated or going on about how they've been discriminated against. And there is the, all these subgroups in our culture that are continually going on and on about how they've been treated unfairly and things aren't fair and our country's not fair and people aren't fair. And can I say, I wish that we could just get over it. Just get over it because life's not fair to all of us at one time or another. No, there's something better that you can do. He did not become bitter. He did not drown himself in a bottle. He said, I'm going to become a mighty warrior. Anybody in here wanna be a warrior? Anybody in here wanna be mighty? I love Luke, Luke 180 and Luke 240. Those two verses tell us that John the Baptist and Jesus both grew mighty in their spirits. That's the way they grew up, mighty in their spirits. I want to be mighty in my spirit. I want to look like Hercules on the inside. I want to be mighty in the things of God. Am I talking to anybody that feels that way today? Amen. Our country focuses so much on the physical. You got those abs. Are you built? Are you, have you lost weight? Are you looking good? Man, are you looking good? All I want to know is, are you looking good? But here's what God wants to know. How are you looking on the inside? Are you looking mighty on the inside? Are you walking with God on the inside? Are you walking in love, joy, and peace on the inside? Physical exercise is good for a few things, but godliness is good for all things. Going all the way into life eternal, the Bible says. I want to know, are you walking in victory in Jesus? Are you walking in victory over temptation? Are you a mighty man of God, a mighty woman of God? Let's get mighty in the things of the Spirit. And so Jephthah said, I'm not going to let what my stepmother said. I'm not going to let what my stepbrothers said. I'm not going to let them define me down. I am making a quality decision that I'm going to be mighty. I'm going to be mighty. And here's what he believed. We are the products of our own decisions, not our environment. You are today what you have decided to be. You are who you have allowed yourself to become. You are the sum total of the decisions you've made in life and so am I. I am not the product of my environment. I am the product of my choices and so are you. In a few weeks I'm going to preach a high school graduation and this is exactly what I'm going to tell them. You are not the product of a bad home. You are not the product of a good home. You are not the product of what people have done to you or for you. You are the product of your own choices. You are not a victim. You are not to be victimized by your environment. But you are the result of the choices you make, what you decide you're going to be. And that's good news. Because I can say to a critic, criticize me all day long, but you're not shaping me because I am going to become who I decide to be. It's my choice. Now, what I like about Jephthah is against all odds, he decided to become a warrior and a winner. He said, I don't care what they've said, I'm gonna be a warrior and I'm gonna be a winner. But he went one step further and he became a hero maker. Now here we move into mentoring. Because the Bible tells us that as soon as he was kicked out and he went into the land of Tob, wherever that is, I don't think it's there anymore. It says, soon he had a band of worthless rebels following him. These worthless men, what the Bible calls worthless men, saw a reject, saw a man kicked out of his own home, kicked out of his town, driven out, chased out. And they said, that's our kind of guy. But they didn't realize that something was operating in Jephthah's soul that was not operating in theirs at that point. Here was a man who said, though I have been kicked out, I believe that God has received me. And I'm going to become what God wants me to be, not what they've told me I am. And so these men, worthless rebels, it says, followed him, began to hang around with him, began to get around him and follow him into his different exploits. And it's important to understand that the word worthless here is from a Hebrew because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Worthless is translated from a word that really means empty, So we could change this verse, and it goes like this. That soon he had a band of empty rebels following him. What does that mean? Empty pockets, empty souls. These were men who had empty souls began to follow him. And our world is full of people like that. Empty pockets because they have empty souls. They have nothing. They have none of the life of God. They don't know God. They're doing the best they can with what they've got. But they're empty our streets are full of them homes are full of them your neighbors are that way your co-workers are that way there are people all around you who are just like these men soon he had a band of worthless empty-hearted rebels following him and they began to hang around with him and they went out with him not to rob and plunder and do things wrong but by making excursions into the enemy's country and carrying off the enemy's treasure. Here's what that tells us about Jephthah. He took these men, not just himself, he didn't just say, I'm going to be a champion myself. I'm going to be an overcomer myself. I am going to be a warrior myself. But he said, not only that, I'm going to bring people with me what God does in me, I'm going to give it to other people. You know, you can't give what you don't have, but you can certainly give what you do have. And when God does something in your life and in my life, I learned a long time ago, he doesn't just do it for me. He does it for the people he knows are in my orbit. And he intends for what he does in me, to spill over into them. See, not only should we make it to heaven, we ought to have a line of people behind us who we persuaded to go there with us. Not only should we walk in the blessing of God, we ought to have a line of people behind us who we persuaded to come with us into the blessing of God. We need the blessing of God and those that are around us need what God has done in us. Can I just get you to pull your head out of the sand and look around you? Who is in my life? And then think, what has God done in me? I'm going to share with them what God has done for me. I once was lost, but I can tell you now I'm found. I used to be all chained up in sin, but the Lord Jesus snapped those chains and set me free. And He can do the same thing for you. I used to be empty in my soul, but now I have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and I want you to have the same thing. Give it away. You're contagious. Well, this story of Jephthah brings something back to me I learned in my walk with the Lord. Be careful what bridges you burn, for you may need to cross them again. The people of Gilead sure learned this lesson when they had to eat warm crow by asking the very man they'd kicked out of their town to help save them. And I want to thank you again for making Life Talk a part of your day. We receive so many gracious emails, letters, and texts from thankful listeners, like this one from Indiana. Good afternoon, Pastor Wickwire. I have the pleasure of listening to you almost daily. I thoroughly enjoy listening to your sermons. One day I hope I can attend your church when I'm out visiting my sister in Dallas. God bless you. Well, thank you from Indiana. And you know, it's feedback like this that makes our day. Why not tell a friend about our program and spread the word that the word can be heard on Life Talk? And join me again next time as we continue with part two of the message, Jeff Thaw, the original comeback kid until then may god's rich blessings be yours hi this is jeff wickwire the host of life talk radio and i've got some exciting news for you it's been in my heart for quite some time to see our turning point worship team produce their own christ-exalting music and you know what it's finally happened TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you.
1: The the Original Comeback Kid is the sixth message of
0: Pastor Jeff's series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. You can own a copy of this 10 CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877 884 3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series the Unsung Heroes of the Bible for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to
1: lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111.